0: Welcome back to Can You Actually Believe It? The 101st episode of the Run Culture podcast. A few weeks ago, I had the absolute privilege to chat to one of South Australia's finest distance runners, Riley Cox. And over the recent weekend at the Sydney Track Classic, Riley finally broke 14 minutes for the 5,000 metres a career goal of his, and as you'll hear in the interview, something that he's been trying to achieve for a very, very long time. So, a huge congrats to Riley. Riley's also a coach at Runners One Coaching, the partner to previous guest and recent Zatopec runner up Izzy Bat Doyle. He's a physiotherapist and younger brother to Jacob, who's also a star in his own right. Needless to say, Riley is a busy man. In this chat, you'll hear him share stories from his time training under the guidance of Adam Diddick at Team Tempo, the kind words he's received while training with Bauman Track Club a few years ago, and what his life looks like now. Additionally, from the perspective of two physiotherapists, myself and Riley, we explore some common myths and mistakes that many runners make, some of which Riley is now on the better side of. But more excitingly, Riley shares his ambition for the marathon and if his recent form is any indication, Riley is in the process of laying a great foundation for his upcoming campaign. I certainly feel like he's got quite a career ahead in the marathon. Without further ado, here is the great Riley Cox. Run Culture Podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan and an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself, and an experienced physiotherapist that specializes in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, Links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or Run Therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. So is there a marathon on the horizon? Because, um, yeah, that's, that's what, um, I don't know, it looks like you've always been destined to be a marathoner. So is that why the, you, you did the longest long run ever?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm planning to run, um, one very soon, either in, um, April in Sydney, um, if all things go well, Uh, um, not, I'm not rushing anything to get particularly ready for it, but I think I'll, um, I'll probably jump in there and see how long I can go at, um, at the pace with the, with the other guys and, um, and then however far I make it, um. I'll, uh, I'll recover and then go again for something like Gold Coast or, depending on what the world, where the world's at, have a look at something else. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. H- how was Sunday?
1: Uh, yeah, good. Uh, a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I just um, I just uh, knew I I need to start bumping it up a little bit um, in anticipation for for April being a possibility. So just ran out to a local fun run. had a few guys from our group running so I just um jumped in and paced them in the middle and then ran home again and it was 36k so um (laughs) yeah I was I felt I felt reasonably good like a bit tired towards the end I need to get my like I pretty much I had one gel no water so (laughs) I need to uh I need to work on that stuff but um pretty shortly but um yeah no otherwise you know yeah, I think uh, I think I I sort of yeah, my body, like I feel pretty good doing that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, have you always enjoyed that kind of stuff? Like, have you enjoyed always enjoyed the longer runs and the and the tempos and found that you're you know a little bit stronger at those? Is yeah. like how have you known that you've always sort of been destined destined to be a marathoner?
1: <laughs> well, you sort of you have no choice. I mean, you you, you win the eight hundred in under nines, under tens, and then. <laughs> that gets too quick, so you, you smash the 1500 for a while, and then that gets too quick for you. you. Move out to the 3k, 5k, 10k, you know, half marathon, still not good enough. You think, <laughs> oh, must be a, I must be a marathon after that, I'll go to the trails. <laughs>
0: so, no, like okay. you can definitely tell because you've shown a lot of strength over the half and uh, yeah, over cross country, um, yeah, and, and then even um. Yeah, just watching your style as well. You, you sort of got the nice little efficient, efficient style and physique of a marathoner as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I really, I, quite, I probably prefer the feeling of uh, depletion rather than that real lactic burn. Like I, I probably, probably actually feel more comfortable. You know, I feel felt a bit depleted at the end of my long run, and I kind of, I kind of like that feeling rather than, um, yeah, the real sort of i tend to tighten up a bit when i'm trying to run really fast so um yeah i think and you know physiologically i think i do probably suit the the longer stuff
0: for for the listeners that don't don't um know you riley um i'll just introduce you so riley cox is an elite distance runner and a qualified physiotherapist He holds personal bests of 63.35 for the half marathon, 28.45 for the 10K and 14.01 for the 5K. He's the co-founder with his girlfriend, Izzy Bat Doyle, who was on the podcast the other week and head coach of Runners One Run Crew and coaching business. He hails from South Australia and has an older brother, Jacob, that is super good at running as well. I should have got him on the show too. And at just the young age of 25, um, you seem to have been a permanent fixture on the running Australian running scene for a long time now. So, yeah, pretty rapt to have you on the show, um, and just to, yeah, I suppose also hear about how it all started. Um, like I, I sort of did a little bit of reading, and it sounded like you started as a bit of a footballer with your brother, and then um, was, was coached um, at a young age by Toby Shrera, Um and you know. Uh, just just uh, did a little dabbled in running and it's and seemed to be quite successful as a junior um, so how did it all start
1: yeah so um, firstly thanks for having me on Dane to yeah really given the some of your recent guests uh, and some of the recent performances on the weekend I feel uh, honored to get a spot here on the on the seat having a chat and we can chat about some of those performances as well uh, yeah. way out of my leg but um, <laughs> yeah Um, certainly, uh, yeah, have been around running for a long time and pride myself on, um, being, yeah, consistently, uh, one of the top runners in Australia through my age group and and now into the senior ranks over a a number of years. So, um, it's very hard to be the absolute best, um, you know, (laughs) leave that up to guys like Shuey, um, but yeah, if I can, if I can be around, around the mark and hard to beat and um, across Australia over yeah, over, yeah, many more years that that'll be, uh, I'll be very happy with that. So, um, I think, yeah, coming from, uh, a running, I guess, a running family, we, we, um, my dad played a lot of footy and, uh, so my brother and I grew up, uh, hammering each other in the backyard playing <laughs> footy and we were both, yeah, really good junior footballers, but, um, Dad, having uh, played footy all his life, kind of said, "Oh, yeah, you can play football, but I recommend, uh, I recommend going and doing a bit of running." So um, we, yeah, because we, we were already at little athletics from a young age, and you know both Jake and I were as the distances got out, we tended to um, run away from the from the rest of the rest of the boys out there. So um, yeah, just got into got into running and our, our dad kind of got into running at the same time and um yeah basically spent the best part of from you know 10 to 20 years old traveling to around uh australia and around the world doing fun runs while dad would do an ironman and uh, <laughs> while dad would do a marathon we'd jump in the five or the 10k and um then we raced on the track obviously lots of won lots of state championships and cross country as well. So uh, a bit of everything. And and we just, we just loved it. Um, Both my brother and I had quite a bit of success as juniors. And then, um, yeah, thanks to our coach, Toby Schreier, we just uh, stumbled upon Flinders Athletics Club one day. And uh, when my brother was about nine years old and I was eight and, uh, for a year or so, my brother wouldn't let me come out there because that was his thing. He was uh, he was running with the big, the older guys, and um, <laughs> going to be a really good runner. And I I went off into the forest across the road and ran around in the hills with Dad. And then eventually uh, Toby said, "Little fella, why don't you come and join him?" <laughs> uh, so yeah, I started off, you know, running with some of the top girls out there and doing. 100 meters of their 150 meter reps, and then worked my way up um, to the point where I think at 15, I ran the Zatapec under 20 race and ran 827, which um, at the time would have been an Australian under 16 record. But with that, with my age, um, as I was 27th of December born, uh, it was always a bit. I was always a bit funny. I was very small and also right at the end of my age bracket. So it was quite funny competing against guys like Jake Whistle, who's everyone knows is a um, one of the world's best triathletes now. And he was a bit of a freak as a junior as well. So um, he was born, I think his birthday is January 6th or something. And he was very, uh, very developed and, you know, long striding guy. And I was this, nearly a year younger and also small trying to compete <laughs> against him. So I think that really helped me um, transition to a senior runner because I never was, even though I, I admittedly, I was running fantastically well, I was still never winning, you know, guys like Luke Matthews and um, Jack Stableton, Zach Patterson. Um, yeah. Jake Bert. was still, all those guys um, were much bigger and stronger and faster. So, um, and then, yeah, a lot of them had that nearly the whole year, um, development on me as well. So uh, I think that really helped me, um, cause I was training really hard and, and was quite good, but never the best. So, um, that's, that's, that's senior athletics for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> awesome. Know, really. Was there much sibling yeah. rivalry, uh, between you and your brother?
1: Uh, yeah. Not really. For a long time, Jacob was older and quite a lot better um, than me. um, And then just one day, it it quickly transitioned around. And I think um, my brother took it amazingly well. Like, um, where where it was one um, state championships open in South Australia when I was 15 and he was 16. And we got to... 800 to go, and um, it was it was us two in the lead at the state champs um, open. So, and I went around Jacob and took off with 700 to go, and uh, went past everyone on the back straight, and everyone was quiet. It was like, well, I don't think they knew what to do, whether to cheer me or not, because you know uh, Jacob was the older brother, and um, and luckily. Uh, he went with me and passed me on the last lap and then everyone was gone berserk because <laughs> we were going to come on 1-2 at 15 and 16 and that, uh, that was happy. The order was, was restored. But uh, soon after that, I started beating Jacob and he's, um, yeah, obviously still an exceptional runner himself. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's taken it very well and not phased not him. He's stuck at it as well and um, had a lot of good experiences throughout this last period of time.
0: Is he going to move up to the marathon as well?
1: Yeah, so he's having um, a few injury troubles uh, over the last few years with his Achilles, um, on the back of a an unfortunate. Um, so he was he was you know won the under twenty national steeplechase uh, title, and then um, actually ever since he's had a he got a wart on his big toe, and um, I think it's really. Um, he was, he was there for two years and he could hardly put any pressure through his big toe so and then on the back of that he's got to kill his injuries and whatnot so he's been a bit um, hampered right throughout quite a period of time now so we're just um, trying to work through that stuff he's still been out to run PBs and and everything but I think if he can get that right he's got a lot lot left him in, in him as well so um, yeah he he'll, he'll move up to the marathon with me and we'll Will make a good training duo. So,
0: (laughs) you strike me as uh, quite a fan of the sport. Um, Yeah, what do you love about running? And um, yeah, what sort of gets you out the door? And um, yeah, why you're so passionate about it?
1: Yeah, I I guess um, I do. You know, I love um, I love yeah. I just love everything about running. Um, Like I said, I I'm fortunate enough to. whilst being a very good junior, I was also brought up within the running community rather than just going to nationals, state champs, etc. Like I was always around fun runs, um, Melbourne marathon. I mean, we used to do go across for a family holiday to and run the bells bash every year at, um, um Janja, you know, we're always doing events like that and meeting people who weren't good runners, but they just loved running. And, um, so, I've always been around all levels of running. And I, I still, you know, I obviously I get a, a massive kick out of like I went over to America and trained with Bauman Track Club for um, a couple of, you know, um, a month or so there back in 2016, 17, I think it was, um, and things like that. But a bit, I've just, uh, I think I've managed to spread myself across all aspects of running. So, I have, you know, sometimes you go, you wake up and you go far out another 15 blokes who <laughs> just run <of laughs> under 30 minutes for 5k. What the hell? Like, what am I doing? Why am I bothering? Yeah. But then, you know, you go out to park run and everyone thinks you're an absolute freak show. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you pass on, they want all your wisdom and you pass on all your wisdom and they want to know everything. And then you go out and get your ass kicked at Zattapak and like, you just, <laughs> um you know it's a good reality check and you know where you but it's good to um incorporate all aspects of running i think and that way you can um really helps to stay motivated and and really love the sport and there's so much benefits to running um you know my work as a physio probably ties in quite well um the coaching that i'm now doing the recreational runners it's all different. It's completely different. Like going to Zatapak is completely different to going out to a recreational running training session. Um, but in the end it's all running. And so it's all good and <laughs> I love it all. So, um, yeah.
0: Tell us about, um, the transition from, uh, yeah, team tempo, uh, um, and being coached by Adam Diddick. Um, uh, you sort of been with team tempo for a while and then, um, you know, COVID hit last year and, um, your running coaching, um, business really took off with Izzy and, um, and then now, um, what's your current setup? Um, who's coaching you? Are you self-coached or, um, and yeah, you know, how, how is it currently working?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically now I just, um, I do, I coach the I've set the sessions for our group runners one, um, which we have upwards of a hundred runners now, so um, that's quite a big job in itself. And then I help um, I help look after Izzy. She's um, fortunate that uh, Nick Badeau has taken a bit of interest in in helping Izzy out, so we get um, advice on on sessions to do there. We Usually follow a lot of the track sessions that Melbourne Track Club are doing on a Tuesday. And then um, it's pretty simple. Other than that, uh, do a threshold session on Friday um, and then a long run on Sunday and then fill in the gaps in between. So I help Izzy um, with that and just real focus on staying consistent and not um, not overstraining in any one session. Um, and then, yeah, same with myself. I just... Um, you know, i I'm, I like the flexibility now. Like, if I if I don't feel very good, I'll just pace Izzy through the session. Um, I do quite a lot of running within the when I'm coaching. Like, I'll run around and cheer people on. So it helps me clock up the K's and get a bit of fatigue in the legs or mileage in the legs before I start my session. Um, I usually, yeah, jump in and do those track sessions that Nick sets for Izzy. As well and then um, keep an eye on her make sure she's not overdoing it and then um, yeah we'll we'll go out and do a threshold based session on uh, a Friday which is not there's not I mean there are lots of variations but they're all hitting the same thing Um, so yeah it's just about gradually progressing that each week and then um, yeah given the marathon also looking at extending the long runs out so I, I look after that and we do I chat to anyone who, who will listen to me and anyone who wants to give me advice I'll I'll have a chat too and um Grenville Wood here in SA I've been chatting to him a bit recently and he's been passing on his wisdom. He's a two twelve marathoner and um yeah, just loves having a chat about the sport. So I'm really enjoying um getting different perspectives on it and then piecing it together and finding out what works for me and what works in with my lifestyle and easy as well so um yeah so we get we get people jumping in and out of our sessions tagging along and yeah it's um i think we're both we're both having really good fun with it
0: nice um sounds like a good change and um what are you doing um differently now is it more um i guess you're tailoring your training towards the marathon and then also having a bit more flexibility um with your structure um Um, with your training sessions um so sometimes training with Izzy if you're feeling tired or um yeah what are you doing differently now now with your training yeah I
1: I don't yeah I think biggest thing for me is running the sessions at um at the appropriate intensity for me and how I feel on the day because I'm doing a lot of it um by myself um able to just yeah adjust accordingly and um probably doing longer track sessions, um, more continuous, um, and yeah, not, not straining myself to run faster than I can run, but rather, uh, running the pace that, that, you know, is comfortably hard and just trying to ever so slightly nudge that down because I'm, I'm fortunate that I am so I'm pretty good aerobically that whatever I can run for, whatever I can run by 800 reps, I'm pretty confident I can run for 10K. <laughs> um, whereas, whereas someone else might be like easily running two 10, 800 reps and then uh, being like, what the hell? I can't break 30 minutes for 10K. And it's like, oh, something's, you know, something's not right there, but I, I don't have to, I don't have to smash 400 out the park. I just have to run them fast for me. Um, so then, then I, I'm confident that I can string them together. So I think, um, yeah, do, doing that, like none of my sessions probably look um, look all that impressive, but I'm trying to just string weeks and weeks of good consistent running together, which I uh, probably have struggled to do in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've started the year well. You um, did two PBs in the one week. Um, 14:01. Uh, yeah. So you're so close now to breaking 14, um, and then at Adipex you ran, um, yeah, 28:45. Um, tw- um, so, yeah, like that's um, a great start to the year.
1: Yeah. So um, like going into that period, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, in all honesty, I wasn't really thinking about myself too much. Uh, you know, I had a lot going on in the background. I was making sure easy was getting. Um, things right and, um, you know, spending a lot of time. I was still, I'm still working as a physio and obviously spending a lot of time on the runners one stuff. So um, yeah, I hadn't really given it much thought that I was in PB shape. And then I, I rocked up to do this 5K um, PB night with a lot of the athletes that I coach. I was just going to be out there anyway. So just kind of jumped in and, and uh, it was really not the level of, race that you would be looking to run 14 minutes or under in. But um, I think third place was one of our guys, 15:30, um, And so, yeah, just jumped in, started, looked at my watch after a lap, 66. I was, oh, that's a bit quick, trying to run 70s here, like uh, 10K feel. And then looked at my watch the next lap and I was like 60, I think I went to a 67. And I was like, okay, I, well, I wasn't really even trying, so might as well just keep, <laughs> I said, I'm sure the 70s will come. You know, if I just go on effort, I'm sure they'll they'll come at some stage. That's about 10k pace, 6970, and then just kept uh, rolling off 250s, and then um, I got to 4k. K like completely solo. I was about you know 100 meters ahead of my brother because he, the poor bugger, was was running true 10k <laughs> effort and pace, and uh, so. Yeah, I just got to 4K in 1120, which uh, 250s, I've done um, I've done that a fair few times before. But something different, I was like, I, well, I'm not even hurting. Like, I really, like, I was, my best mate, Lockie, was on the side, and I was kind of, like, waving to him and smiling and, like, you know, it was just, like, it was a little bit of fun and then came around the corner and one of the guys that's um, done a lot to help Izzy and I out um, over the years, uh, Shane, he, he's, he was standing there and he goes, oh, he, I heard him. He goes, cause I was pretty like, just chilled out. Like I was hearing everyone in the crowd and like, um, he goes, oh, Riley, I reckon you can run 14 minutes. And I was like, what you kidding? Like I've run, i run like 20, 14, 10s to 14.05s, absolutely busting my balls. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I just started winding it up and, um, still didn't believe I could, And uh, got to a lap to go, and I saw twelve fifty nine, and I was like, "Shit, I've never got to a lap to go in 12.59 Like normally, that's you know, that's what you're trying to get in under thirteen, so you got a chance of breaking fourteen. And and I thought, "Oh well, I'm not gonna, I can't, I'm not quick enough to run sixty seconds." So I'll I'll just, um, I'll just you know, pick it up a bit, and it'll it'll be a PB. I've run fourteen oh five indoors a few years ago, and like you know, I'll be pretty happy with that. And then I, you know, coming down the straight, I was like, oh shit, I've, I've picked it up. And I ran like, what, a 61 high last lap. And um, yeah, 14.01, crossed the line. I've, 14 minutes has been in goal of mine for a long time. And, you know, I expected it, I expect it to happen in um, a, a really fast race in America or, you know, um, a perfectly paced race here with all the top guys. And so I was almost... Almost like, gee, I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it didn't happen just out here uh, rolling around <laughs> on my own because that would have been a bit of a, uh, a bit of a like, um, I don't know. But yeah, it nearly happened, but I really didn't. I really didn't force it. So I was, I was actually most, in, most happy with how I felt. And in all honesty, going into zatopec the next week, had I felt the same as what I did in the five k, I think I probably could have run twenty eight. Thirty or under, but it didn't quite feel as good. Um, I Had a change of shoes. Um, I was wearing the Vaporfly in the five k because I didn't, again, didn't consider it to be a uh, uh, any special race. I was kind of just planning to roll around and recover as best I could for Zadarpec, more of a training session. So, um, but maybe maybe that shoe felt a little better than the wore uh, the the Dragonfly spike. And I don't, whilst I I was really happy with my Zatapec run, I I think um, I didn't quite feel as good as I did in the five. So um, I was very happy that I was one second under my PB rather than running 10K and then finishing one second over your PB because that would be, um, whilst i will be happy with another solid time to reinforce that I can run 28.45, but I think it's just nice to to take a second off rather than (laughs) than, the other. So no, it's
0: funny. It's it's so funny to hear. Like you hear that so many times um, in running, where you know you run some of your best performances when you're you're not putting that pressure on yourself, and you're more going out there because I don't know you you're doing it for someone else, or your thoughts are with someone else, and and then suddenly because um, you haven't sort of uh, overthought it or, or drained yourself with so much energy, or you know what it's it's mysterious sometimes i don't know why but sometimes yeah some of those best runs yeah. um, happen when you're least expecting it
1: yeah and i think that very is very true and i think for me it reinforced because um, i hadn't one thing i hadn't done is i don't think i'd even run a, a lap under 70 seconds in training so i think it reinforced to me that i um, not straining and just for me because of the runner type of runner i am I'm not, I can't just explode into, I'm not really explosive. Um, I just need to run, you know, pretty even and work it down and, and run within within my uh, capabilities and, and just gradually work that down. So I think it reinforced to me that um, what I'm doing in training is, um, you know, by not by not trying to run 66s, 65s in training, but actually running 70s and getting a hell of a lot of volume done, you um, appears that you know once i get on freshen up on the track um you know it's there so now now the goal for me is to make those 70s in training 68 so that i can run 66s in the race yeah feel comfortable so i mean that's everyone's goal but you know it's um it's pretty simple consistency and just nudge it down ever so slightly and then i'm still no good but i'll be i'll be happy with myself (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: it is interesting your differential between your 5k and your 10k um yeah the fact that you can string together um yeah two 14 20s uh in a row and then um you you still haven't cracked 14 um yeah it's like um like i i would have thought like a lot of people with a 28 um yeah 40 to their name probably probably have a sub sub 14 5k to their name
1: yeah well i don't it's been a long time since i've I've never really, yeah, for a long time, targeted five k. Like, I ran around one last year, I think, you know, a couple of weeks after a half, and um, not really targeting training. Like, I probably put spikes on three times in the last four years, yeah. um, just in races. So it's not it's not something I've targeted. But in in all honesty, it bugs me that I haven't broken fourteen because I think. Um, again it's just a little bit of a as a dis even as a marathon runner it's just nice it'll be nice to be able to say oh yeah I've run 13 something 5k um, and I think that you know once <laughs> I can't break 28 until I can break 14 so <laughs> um, not you know <laughs> um, I, I when I ran 2846 um, in America in 2019 I think um, a couple of weeks before, I ran a flat out 14:08, and uh, and then I was like went and I was like went through in 14:20, and I was like, oh my god, what the hell? This feels easy. What? What? The, why can't I? Uh, why can't I? I you know, run faster over 5k. But you also, um, yeah, it's interesting ch- you know chatting to someone like Grenville Wood. He got quite a lot of testing done through his career he'll say things like he his i'm not exact i'm not exactly sure on the times but basically his lactate threshold one and lactate threshold two were about four seconds apart so you could run a marathon at like you know 3:08 or something and and he would start going lactic anytime he went under 304s or 303s or something you know so yeah there's that pretty small window there and maybe I'm maybe I'm similar in that sense so um I haven't had I've had a bit of testing done but um not a lot so um you know maybe I and that I sort of shows in training too I feel really comfortable and then all of a sudden you dip me into that like you know under 255s, and it starts getting uncomfortable pretty quick so um but again i haven't done i've been injured a lot haven't done a lot of work at that intensity but now i'm starting to get consistent and like today's track session i was very tired and still 255s felt better than what they probably have in the past so um yeah i I think you know everything's heading in the right direction and yeah happy about that
0: nice but even just listening to all that it's so good for everyone to hear because it shows how individual everyone is and how you know what you know some some training for one person might work really well and but then um you're sort of working out over the years um yeah the stuff that sort of suits you and what in um suits your plumbing um like you you uh, mentioned before that you've worn spikes probably four times in the last four years um uh You've had a few injuries, um, uh, but then lately you've had a bit more consistency. Um, what what have um, some of the injuries, um, when you sort of reflect on all your injuries, what, what what do you reckon a lot of them were attributed to, and then what, what have you sort of really worked on to try to um, become a more consistent runner?
1: Yeah, so basically uh, I can tell you they're all load-related Um you know, I go to a physio I go to a physio, I've been, you know, work with a lot of very good physios, work with yourself, Jane, <laughs> over in Flag, Flagstaff in twenty sixteen. So, um, and you could probably attest to this. You go in and test me, test my uh, flexibility, test my strength, test everything. Oh, it's actually pretty good. We're nitpicking, I can't find anything that stands out. And um, and then you go or even you know, you don't do anything stupid in training like you're not going and running two and a half hours when your longest runs an hour and a half or but what i did do was i just would never take even half a day off like even if i was tired i'd cut a 30 minute run back to 20 minutes and you know replace replace it with a 30 minute bike or um and then it's just like i was just always doing something um and then I'll get injured, and I was still always doing something. And then I would just, when you're coming back from injury, I would do, I would just keep progressing, and never plateau. i will keep progressing until I got injured again. Drop it off, do it again, do it again. So you're getting these. Uh, now I've learned that, hang on, when you get to 120, you should probably, you know, carry yes. a week with a bit of intensity there. You should probably plateau for a bit before you um go up and and so forth so um, I was always doing a little bit more than the, than the previous week until I got injured backed it off or was forced to probably after my overall training time doing cross training came back really fit you know started out 60 70 80 90 100 110 120 130 140 150 <laughs> saw wrecked race run really well great. <laughs> Break and do the same again. So um, that was my cycle for a good six or seven years. And, um, you know, it was um, looking back on it, it was, you know, I still got better every time I came back from injury. Like I got fitter during cross training. And so I wasn't learning my lesson as well as I should have because um, it really took until it took me... Um, sitting on the sidelines, uh, you know, one day I just was like, you know what? I'm always trying to be the best, but half the time, this is where the best is, sitting on the sidelines, injured or sick, because they're always trying, you know, not you, know. I'd rather, you know, even you look at someone like, Zadopek this year, as phenomenal as Brett is, if Stewie, wasn't in, if Stewie didn't have a niggle or whatever was wrong with Stewie, Brett doesn't win. But because, at least because Brett was consistent and he's there, and just happened to be that Stewie couldn't make it, Brett wins. He wins a national title. And like as much as Brett probably wants to keep getting better and better, he's also not probably not forcing it. Um, and you see it all the time. You know, you see. Um, people making teams who are probably sitting around third or fourth position, but because first and second got sick or injured, um, they didn't, they, you know, they got their chance eventually. Um, Whereas you're useless if you're sick or injured or um, no matter how good you are, you're useless. You can't. um, So I think that's a big lesson that I've learned. Like I'd rather, you know, hover around and keep getting better and better, but, not, not trying to blow the world apart in, in six weeks because you can't, I mean, I was told it, but you never, you know, you always try it for yourself and 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 learn and realise that, you know, yeah, gee, everyone was telling me it was right. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's a big thing that I've learned.
0: What do you think made it uh, sink in? Was it the six to seven years of that boom or bust cycle, or was it the coaching that you're doing now or was it you know starting to practice as a physiotherapist like what do you think sort of really um made you um really take it on board and it finally sink in and 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 made it hit home
1: yeah in all honesty i think probably the coaching that i'm doing now um has a big a big impact and um also um being there for izzy and my brother and um you know that's really important to me and um, if I'm always getting injured and, and not being able to run around and jog around when I'm coaching and just do day-to-day things because I'm quite involved in running in general I can't inspire the people around me if I'm always injured um, so I think that's that's probably you know as much as I was talking about you know sitting out and not being and and not making teams and stuff probably the more day-to-day things um the people that i'm trying to inspire um close close to me and the people that i coach um now i'm like gee why don't you just have a day off now so then you can then you don't have to spend the next six weeks uh you know hobbling around and and not being able to inspire the people around you because you're injured um, just because you try to run two seconds quicker, they don't give a shit anyway. <laughs> um, you know, like, um, so I think, yeah, I think that's really helped me because it's funny because probably run those two seconds quicker <laughs> anyway or more because it's <laughs> consistent. So it's, I can't justify why, why I was like that for so long, but um, I was still enjoying it. It didn't bother me. I actually, loved, I, was, I used to joke with my best mate, Lockie, I'd go, oh, Pretty sore, Lockie, I reckon I got a stressy, like just joking on a job. And he would go, you're always right when you say that, so I'm not really gonna laugh. And then, you know, two days later I'll, I'll have a stressy and then I'll go, oh yeah, I was right. And he would he would go, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. And then we'd both go to each other, oh well, time to get fit. And so <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go off and train, you know, three hours a day. And lo and behold, I'll come back four or five weeks later before the doctors told me I was allowed to run again, I was running PB. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, all, it was all a bit of fun, but as you, as you get older and, and there's other people relying on you and, and stuff like that. And you, you know, inspiring those around me, uh, I feel a bit more um, obliged to be sensible about it. So yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you're yeah, leading by example and, um, what, 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 um, what, a like as a physio, like putting your physio hat on, like, um, in an average day in the clinic, um, when you're treating some of your runners, say, um, what's, what's a, what's one thing that you see a lot of the runners, a, a common mistake that, or, 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 or myth or misconception that you just wish that more people understood or more, more people, um, acknowledged and knew um a bit more about
1: yeah uh there's a few points there i think i could go through um one of the biggest ones which won't be new to yourself or anyone who knows running is just relax on your easy days um like if you're running within this i've got a lot of rec runners that are coach if you're running within the same minute as your 5k pace on your on your jog day um, you know, there's not enough polarisation going on there and eventually you're going to stop enjoying running because every run's hard and you can't, you can't chat to the person next to you. You're just going to start dreading all your runs because it's not it's not meant to be that hard. I ran 160K a week and 90 to 95% of it, I'm hobbling around, uh, shuffling, and Izzy's 10 metres in front of me. So <laughs> uh, that, that's... You know, um, and I always remind her that you know, if I wanted to, I could, <laughs> I could run away from it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's a big thing, uh, keeping your easy days easy. Actually, another thing that I find is consistency, and what I mean by that is, I'd actually rather, I'd rather you take the sessions a little easier, and do an extra run a week than just do one set hard session a week and then be that bugger that you can't run again for three days because you're actually probably more injury prone, prone to an injury. If you, if you're training like that. Um, So actually like the people that are willing to run four or five times a week that I coach or that I see who are willing to do a little less like a, you know, just a 5k on their easy days rather than, you know, they want to run 20k on Sunday, but they only want to run the two sessions and then the long run. It's fine, you can make it work. But I think it's probably actually more of a um, you're you're more bulletproof if you if you if you can work up to doing running more consistently.
0: Yeah, that's a good one yeah. actually. Like uh, a yeah. patient springs to mind that I've treated who was doing 30k weeks, but all that running was on a Sunday and then he didn't run for six days. Um, and then when you sort of look at that, that six days where you're not a runner. Um, so mm. you're not training to be a runner and then you're doing this massive run on one day. So it's just a recipe for disaster, I guess, because um, yeah, I think it's those small amounts, but regular and consistently. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. So, and I always say like I've got a few people that are, um, are running every day And they might only do three to five K on those other days that they don't come and do the sessions. But I'm like, you're actually building a really good foundation because it's a lot easier for me to just add one K to those days. And you got there. You got, you nearly got another 10 K on your week. You go from 50 to 60, but you're only adding one or two K on any one day, as opposed to if you want to bump someone up, who's running three K three times a week, um, and only doing two intense sessions in a long run, it's a bit risky to add 5K to their long run or even to add two more 1K reps to their, you know, go from 6 by k is a much bigger jump than changing a 5K easy day to 7K. And yep. then, you know, and then you're, once you're there, you've got the platform to change that 7K run to 9 or 10K. And then all of a sudden they're running, you know, 80, 90K a week. And they're and they're a sub three hour marathon runner off some that sort of mileage. Yep. Where um, and less injury prone because you know um, whereas you know someone running three times a week to get them up to 80, 90 k, you got to have a pretty bloody long long run and <laughs> you got to have two two marathon monster sessions. Um, so you know I was always as a recreational coach always work in because some people just don't want to they don't have the time they don't have the commitment so you make it work and it 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 can make it work but i think always like those people that are willing to run like i said five six days a week because you can you can safely bump them up much quicker
0: yeah i think that's cool and and that's
1: that's a tip yeah
0: yeah that's 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 brilliant um that's so good for so many people to hear and and even just that um, idea of that a lot of um, the mileage you do is accumulative um, over time and a lot of people are just trying to, they stress so much about doing these massive long runs or these massive sessions um, but then I, I've seen just as much success where you break up that weekly mileage and um, and uh you, you do it in small parts over time and um you sl- the training is quite diluted um so that you almost trick the body and you slowly slowly get there over time um and you know six months of consistent training is is, is a whole heap uh, more valuable than six weeks um so uh yeah it's it's um no great advice um I, i'm pretty interested to hear who's some of your biggest uh role models or mentors or inspirations have been over your career you've trained um yeah we've dressed jess trengrove over the years um you've been coached by adam diddick um you've had that experience over with the bowman guys and lopez lemong um yeah who who have some of your greatest uh, role models or inspirations been um throughout your career riley
1: yeah i I got asked this question the other day actually and it's it's interesting because I think a lot of um, a lot of my role models are not people that that you would know, or they're, they're just everyday people that I've had um, the privilege of um, learning from and and listening to because um, you know that they might be successful in business, or, or and they're also a runner, and that's how we interact, and they give me tips on on how to balance life and really, really smart people that, um, that have got, you know, lots of things going on and they're balancing it really well. So, um, I won't name names, but I've got a lot of role models in that, in that sense that, um, I really enjoy chatting to about that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, they might have a bit more of a, um, realistic grasp on on some things in that sense. Um, just taking a backward step from the real elite side of, of running and, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, you mentioned Jess. I've had, um, yeah, the privilege of um, seeing Jess progress. You know, I I was around when she was just just getting going and um, she's done a fantastic job of um, making a career out of running, Um, you know, promoting lots of things within running. Um, As as good as her performances are, there are other runners that have had just as good of performances that aren't just Trengrove. Um, she's done a really good job of, of making it um, a part of her life and making it her life um, and being a really good role model father as an ambassador for the sport. Um, and she's also a physio. So um, yeah, she's given me a, a lot of advice on on how she, yeah, how she manages that. And she's maybe not doing as much physio work now, but. She has gone through a lot of the similar things that I may be going through now at this point, um, where her running was still progressing quite rapidly and she was starting out as a physio. So she's got a lot of good advice. Um, i always um, count my lucky stars to be able to have met someone like Lopez Lamont. Um, Just happened to be that his wife was placed in Adelaide um, in the milita- US military or army and... Um, yeah, Lopez rocks up to training and um, yeah, we became quite close and friendly and I got to go and live with him for a month or so in the US and learn and, and watch um, what, what yeah, arguably the best track team in the world um, does on a day-to-day basis. So that's pretty amazing and um, one thing that I've, I you know can take away from someone like Lopez is that guy's positivity it's just incredible. Um, and he, yeah, he, you know, sitting down at dinner and he's like, "Riley, do you want to make the Olympics? And I'm like, Lopez, like, I'm, um, you know, yeah, of course I do, but I'm not going to say it like I'm Australian when you've tall poppy syndrome. And he's like, man, you need to say it every night. <laughs> and um, he's like, I said it, he said oh, that was a really bad impersonation, sorry, Lopez. <laughs> and, um, I'm not going to try it again. He said, <laughs> like, he said, before I made the Olympics, I sat down at dinner with my parents and I said it before we ate dinner every night, I'm going to make the Olympics. And <laughs> he's just like, so, I don't think he, yeah, I don't think it'd bother him either way, but he's just so positive and um, just, yeah, loves writing and it's not, I mean, he's got that competitiveness. Like, don't get me wrong, you can see that glimmer in his eye when he when he wants to go for it and even you know you see someone else run fast and you go hey lopez so-and-so ran, and he'll be like oh yeah just just you wait you know but he's still so happy and positive about the sport he's not um and i think he's happy for every a lot in other people and and at that level that he's at i think that's a credit to him and i think a lot of people love being around him and his positivity
0: no, that's cool. That's a cool story. Um, I was listening into your chat with uh, Tyson Popplestone on the Relaxed Running podcast, and you mentioned that while you are over with Bowerman, um, you did a 16K tempo, uh, or you, I think you might have done 8K. And uh, I think, did, did Jerry Schumacher, he gave you a compliment? He said, you look look strong. Um, and he's a man of few words, I think. So, um, and, and yeah, I think um, Lopez was surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's such a, um, that period of time, um, really is such a small, um, small period of my running journey, but it is, it is quite significant and I have to remind myself, not, not many people are actually going to get that opportunity to, um, train, you know, especially if you're not, you know, at the level that I'm at, like, um, you know, it's good, but it's not, you know, they don't have to have me out there. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it, uh, it was pretty incredible and just, yeah, try to sap everything. And yeah, it was good because um, that is my strength threshold running. Um, well, I probably, you know, I've always been able to, um, I mean, I'm learning that I was probably running, that my threshold runs too hard <laughs> trying to run with those guys. But, um, yeah, jumping in, uh, you know, two abreast, you got Evan Yeager right in front of me and he's got one of the longest, most beautiful strides in track and field. And here's this little choppy uh, (laughs) (laughs) distance runner behind him, trying not to trip him up. And, uh, yeah, to get to, yeah, pull out to the side. And, um, you know, Mohamed was in the group, Lopez, um, Chris Derrick, um, Ryan Hill, yeah, uh, Matt Hughes at the time from Canada. Yeah, it was probably like 10 or 12 guys, you know, all incredible runners just chipping off. Um, 450 miles on a threshold, and and they went on to run 10 miles like that. So um, and then Lopez is beating his chest, ripped his shirt off at the end. You know he's so pumped because um, <laughs> I think he was just getting back into form. And he's like that. Like <laughs> the other guys like Lopez, like you you should be able to run that good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he, he was just like pumped. Like um, and then yeah, Jerry just said, "Oh, nice workout there. You look you look really strong." And um then, yeah, Lopez kind of was facing the other way. It must have been sort of eavesdropping and then he comes over to me and pats me on the back and he's like, dude, Jerry, did Jerry just give you a compliment? <laughs> Jerry <laughs> doesn't give anyone a compliment. And so, um, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. So uh, I'll never forget that. But I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Jerry wouldn't, wouldn't remember it, but I'll, I won't <laughs> forget it. <laughs> in in 10 years
0: time um when you reflect back on like you know what you hope to have achieved in your running career like what, and, and life uh what do you hope to have um ticked off and and done
1: yeah i mean i have everyone has time goals and teams and and that um but i think overarching all of that I want to um, – I love running. I've, I've been around it for so long. I plan to continue to be around it for um, the foreseeable future as long as I can. So I think I want to have um, a really positive impact on um, on everyone around, around me and, and, you know, give back as much as I can. And, um, you know, I, I want to coach people to be better than me. Um, and, yeah, so I think I want to be able to, you know, travel away helping top runners as a physio that would that's a really big goal of mine and um you know if if i'm good enough to help them out in training while i'm there you know something like what you've done Dane, um that that would mean the world to me if i can you know if i can travel around away with australia's best athletes and and take them through 90 percent of their threshold (laughs) run and you know that'll that'll be uh That'll be, um, that'll be pretty awesome and, and just, you know, make it, make, be able to make it a part of my life and, um, yeah, not get too, um, not get too old and sour about the sport. <laughs> <laughs> in,
0: in April with the, um, potential marathon pending on how COVID goes, um, uh will you set out at that two eleven thirty pace? Um, um like is there plans to, to do that and um yeah is that is that the goal?
1: Well put it this way, I don't have anyone or no one's bothered to tell me it's a stupid idea yet. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I think well looking at it, I think it's a really good opportunity. Like I don't there's no other reason to run that particular marathon unless you are going to go at that pace really because like you know you run 215 there who care who cares like really like might as well wait to gold coast and run a conservative race and get a good time on the board so yeah i mean i'm not rushing my training to be a 211 guy by april um that that's not that's not realistic you can't go from can't go from zero to 100 in six weeks that's what i was talking about before i think um you i'll just i'll progress my training at a sensible level and whatever level i'm at when the race comes around you know will be as far as i can go at 306s i think um will be is is the answer there but um i haven't had um enough uh, that's just my gut instinct and I haven't had enough conversations around that, um, with anyone. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to, um, I don't want to have that bad of experience that I don't want to do it again or anything <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, I'm doing 30 minute threshold, pretty comfortable at three or fours the other day on tired legs. If I can get that out to 20k worth of work, um, 306s to 30, you know, then, um, freshen up and get a few more Ks out. Uh, that's a good starting point. And, um, and then, you know, I can, you know, if I don't go the whole way or if I don't manage to go the whole way, I can recover and it's a really good hit out for a marathon later in the year. So, um yeah like i said haven't had those haven't had anyone tell me it's a stupid idea um so we'll we'll we'll, uh might have a few more conversations around that in the coming weeks see how my training's going
0: nice nice and how how is it um uh yeah being yeah boyfriend and coach to izzy um like i asked um izzy and she she said said it works pretty well um yeah uh and it's pretty pretty you must be um, loving just seeing how well she's going and um, that must be inspiring in itself too.
1: Yeah look I, I'm learning a lot from Izzy like um, I'm super proud of what she's being a, been able to do in recent times and um, like I've always had a bit of an, a bit of an input she always asked me um, what do you think what do you think and I don't have to tell her um, like it's not in the details of the sessions um any anybody I just I just have to constantly remind her that she doesn't have to train any harder <laughs> yeah it's just a, like really that's 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 what I do I just I just say hey Izzy like um you know you're tired or you know you she's so, she's so positive all the time and like it's like I feel great I feel great I feel great and it's like Izzy, I know better. Like I can tell you a little higher, Like I know what you've done. Like this is like the tenth week in a row of like really good training. Like you don't have to. If you don't feel like hitting the times today, like pull it back a second or two. And just, you know, enjoy yourself. Um, so really, yeah, I just I just try and help her stay consistent. And um, and you know, last Friday we did. She did six by a mile, like broken threshold. And you know, I I, I set her three twenty pace. <laughs> I come back after the because I'm doing the session at the same time. So, you know, how did you go? And she said, "Oh, half of them were under five. And I said, "I didn't. You know, I just said, uh, okay, how did you feel? <laughs> were, you, were you straining?" And she said, "No, not really." And I said. Well, that's all right then. <laughs> um, you know, but it's it's. I said, well, you know, you know, just acknowledge that tomorrow. Um, you know, as it's, it's just, yeah, just trying to k- keep her consistent because there's no, there's no. Um, I don't have to tell her, her to push harder or, you know, switch on or focus. Like it's always, constantly saying, don't strain, don't, don't overdo it. Um, yeah. You know, you're there, you just have to edge it down ever so slightly. Um, and the top, you know, the that'll happen, um, yep. you know, as long as you stay consistent. So, yeah, it, it works really well. Um, obviously, we spend a lot of time together because a lot of the stuff we do is is together. But we've um, accepted that and that's the way we, we want to go about it. So, um, yeah, I'll probably... Probably should take her on a date sometime this year, but we haven't. <laughs> our dates are usually down here in the office uh, working on spreadsheets. But so, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I might might have to take her out to, to say well done on on Zatapec at some stage. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but um, that's, she knows I'm very proud of her, and yeah, it's be, it's been been a lot of fun, and we just try to have fun really because um, it is it is quite serious um at, the, at that level so um just you know and it's such it's physically and mentally taxing so have fun don't strain
0: <laughs> that's awesome mate and i think that's a good point to wrap up the podcast um just one, one last question um uh with um the state of australian middle distance and distance running um over the weekend um yeah Oli Hore and charlie hunter and some of the results that are coming out of the U.S. are pretty amazing, aren't they?
1: Yeah, look, um, yeah. I mean, you, it's just you wake up and you're like, holy shit, what, what are these guys doing? That's, yeah. Um, you know, what are, what are these indoor tracks? What are they? They've got um, accelerators on them or something. So Yeah. Um, it's pretty, um, and then obviously you got the guys back here that are just um, no doubt someone like Stewie's ready to go. Um, even quicker again this year. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to think. Um, yeah, Pat Tin and running, you know, one minute he's cruising a sixty-two minute half, and then he's running a three fifty-six mile. And um, you know, after breaking Australian ten k record, and yeah, Morgan McDonald is another one in, who's you know he's talking about breaking thirteen minutes this year. And yeah, uh, I think you know. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, Ollie Hall's running a 5K um, in a couple of weeks or next week. And um, another one, Jordan Guzman, who's coming back and he'll put himself in the mix. And there's so many um, guys. And I think, like I was saying before, um, it may not be the person that's running the amazing times this weekend that makes the team because um, they may get cooked, injured, um, you know, I really hope they don't. But um, you know, if if someone like Luke Matthews right now started going, oh shit, like I've got to, you know, I've got to run 3:32 indoors in three weeks' time, like it's not going to work. So um, you know, he might just get ready right in, right in time. I'm sure that's his plan. And yeah, and he might not even have to run 3:32 because the other guys might be tired by then. Yeah. Um you know other guys like Ryan Gregson he knows what he's doing. He's um so I think 1500 and a mile like really exciting to watch what unfolds and um maybe even see some of those guys you know take a chance at the at the 1500 at the 5k and and others go down to the 800. And, yeah, they're all um yeah, who who knows now what what Charlie Hunter is going to do like yeah. All this like when, the way he ran that, he's running like two records in two days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I always knew that guy was super talented. I don't think he really trained that hard and still running like winning Australian junior titles. And so, um, same thing like I've known Pat and for since he was 12, 13 years old, and um, he raced against Jacob. And um, I think I remember, um, when Pat passed out at National Cross Country oh. and in Brisbane, and he was leading, and uh, Jacob came second that day, and uh, in the end he was coming third behind Pat, and it's like Pat was eating a packet of chips like half an hour before the start, and it was like <laughs> a hot day, like salt, salt and vinegar chips, <laughs> and he goes out and it's like, and you know that, and uh, I think he was probably he was. I think he's running around the block for training, um, <laughs> and doing, like, doing some like cruisy one k reps once a week, and and still was the best. So they're the people that you're looking at, um, and you're going, hey, he's he's going to run, he's going to run, uh, you know, he's going to be able to, to run an Australian record one day. I mean, didn't, you don't predict that, but um, they either got they either don't go on with the sport because they're not really that interested. They just happen to be good or they've just really uh, got a lot left in the tank. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty cool to see um, those guys go on with it. And um, also cool to see where running can take you because, you know, Pat's from, um, you know, up in country Queensland and now he lives in Portland and runs for Oregon Track Club. So that's pretty cool. He's he's done a, a great job.
0: Yeah, you nah, um summarized it really well. Um at, uh, Australian distance running stocks is really healthy at the moment and it, so it's e- exciting time to be a fan of the sport and um yeah, I reckon you're doing um like some amazing things um you know over the longer distances and I think you're only just getting started, Riley. Um so I'm pretty excited to follow your progress in the marathon and because I think that's where you've always been destined to to like step up and at 25 you're pretty young so you still got you know you know a lot of years to learn your craft over the marathon and um you know they often say that you know it often takes sort of four or five five goes to really sort of nail it um uh and really get that pv down and, and reach your potential um just because then you've got all those preparations in the legs and you seem to like really have got into a nice spot in terms of the consistency and and um And making some nice decisions in terms of appreciating rest and and that sort of you know consistency um eventually wins out in the end so no um thanks so much for jumping on the show and um a lot of people get a lot out of this chat so um now cheers for the time
1: yeah thanks dan really appreciate it thanks for having me on and um yeah i would like i know it's a podcast is about me but i would like to uh Maybe we can, once we get off air, we can have a bit more chat about how you're going. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. All right. Cool.